Hello, I'm Tina Sederholm. Welcome to This Is Not Therapy, a podcast for people who like to find the marvellous in the mundane. So suddenly, it's October. And because I'm a poet, I am legally obliged to wax lyrical about the scarlet, gold and plum-coloured leaves, nature's last blast of creativity before the necessary barrenness of winter sets in. Okay, there we go. Got it out of my system. So, how are you? Do you, like me, feel the change of seasons in your bones? And I am not just talking about being a bit creakier when you get out of bed in the morning. As I've got older, I found it useful to pay attention to the seasons rather than pushing through irrespective of the time of year. Now, it's autumn in the UK, so I know it's a good idea to back off working to ease up the pressure a bit. Sometimes I felt like I've had to ignore the seasonal change, especially if my bank balance was looking sparse. But I've always paid the price later on. Perhaps my back goes into spasm or I get a nasty bout of flu, for instance. We're just not designed to go full pelt all year round, whatever our culture tries to tell us. Instead, this is a great time of year to reflect to look back and see what's worked, what we want to take with us, and also what we want to leave behind. Besides, between you and me, I'm generally pretty useless in November anyway. It gets so cold and dark that something happens to my energy, and whatever project I start, or if I try to fill out a funding application, they never end up going anywhere. So I'm much better to kick back, hunker down, and potter around clearing up all the loose ends. There's a seasonality to the arc of our lives too. A couple of years ago, I had a period of reflection. Okay, it was when I hit 50. Anyway, I thought a lot about what I wanted to keep with me from my youth and what I wanted to let go of. So much so that I wrote an entire show about it, which was also called This Is Not Therapy, which I took to the Edinburgh Fringe this year. I say I wrote a show. In fact, there have been five iterations of it, all of them about 70% different from each other. So this means that there's a lot of good stuff that didn't make the final cut. Anyway, I thought I would give you a story today that was originally in the show and I really liked it. But for the final version, it was it was starting to take the show in a slightly different direction And uh, so, as they say, it ended up on the cutting room floor. You will recognise the bit that stayed in the live show, if only because of the audience coughs and squeaks that we couldn't erase completely from the recording from Edinburgh. But yay for authenticity, right? Anyway, here we go with episode eight of This Is Not Therapy, which is called How Old Did You Say You Were? I turned 54 this year. I don't mind my age, though I am surprised by the fact of getting older. Every birthday, I say to one of my longest-serving friends, yes, it is a bit like a prison sentence, I say to her, I don't mind getting older, but this year, you know, I really noticed it. To which she replies, you said that last year, and I'll say what I said then. What's that? I say, because I genuinely can't remember. 
And she says, you're still the same age as Kylie. Phew. Nevertheless, I am still perturbed to discover that I am in my 50s. As if somehow this wasn't the plan, or if it was, it was a plan way, way off in the future. I don't think this has anything to do with the number. I think whatever age you are, the passing years do come as a shock. I remember when my Aussie friend Kath turned 30, six months before I was due to, I rang her to ask her how it felt. It's okay, she said. My boobs are still in the same place. I'm not sure either of us could say that now. And yet, I still feel inside like I am in my early 20s. Or at least I did until my mother handed me one of those padded photo albums so popular in the 70s and 80s. She'd been clearing out some drawers and found it there, with its swirling blue and pink cushiony sateen cover. The sort that crackles with static if you run your hand over it too quickly. Inside, the first few pages featured some glamour shots of my two sisters. I remember they'd been approached in the street and asked if they wanted a free photo shoot. Free photo shoot. Very expensive photos. Still, they look stunning. With their blonde hair pinned up, moodily lit flesh and plenty of artfully placed organza. (laughs) Tucked into the back of this photo album, there was a loose photo of me. I I don't mean like loose women. I mean, it was just not stuck in. In this photo, I'm about 25 and I'm dressed in a black top hat and tails. No, I'm not playing the part of a circus ringmaster. I'm wearing a black tailcoat with breeches and spurs over very shiny boots. And my top hat is made of silk. It's what you would wear for the dressage phase of advanced level eventing. Well, at least until a couple of years ago when they changed the hats. But anyway, this is what it looked like in the late 90s. If you haven't heard of dressage, just imagine some horses doing some advanced prancing. I looked at that photo for a long time. Me in another life. I looked into her eyes and I saw laser point determination. And a touch of doubt, a wistfulness. It brought back to me all the standards that she was trying to live up to, how she ached to be brilliant. And of course, I know that things are not going to work out the way she expects or hopes. That feeling of tristesse, as the French would say, stayed with me for a long time after I put the photo away. For days, I could feel the gap between her, my actual 25-year-old self, and the 25-year-old-ishness that I feel inside now. There was only one thing I could think of to do to resolve that tension. And that was write a letter to Tina of the photo, my actual 25-year-old self. The first thing I want you to know is the posturing, the pout, the ache to be different 
the effort to win the wittiest comment at the table competition is going to end with a crash. You are smacking your head against a brick wall and the wall won't budge. Bruised, blood battered, bludgeoned, you will be left with who you are, not the version you wished for. You will not marry a man with a fortune, so you never have to think about money again. You will have some forgettable sex and some terrible sex. The man you do marry will not neutralise the discomfort of being you. Which is how you will learn to take care of yourself, not make it someone else's career. You will cease to flail in a swathe of hysteria like a Victorian in her gut-pinching corset, contorting her into a shape she was never meant to be. In short, you will grow up. You are not quite beautiful enough to be rescued. Thank goodness. Anyone can be born talented or gorgeous. Kindness, though, that takes effort, especially with the annoying people. <laughs> You're still unique. No one else can screw up in quite the way you can, and now you have the freedom to do so. Leave others to screw up in their particular way, too. It is not your business how they run their lives. Promise to be unutterably yourself. It will make you shiver, but I guarantee you will never be bored. So, do you think she would have listened? Ah, oh, not a hope in hell. Imagine it. Huh, promise to be unutterably myself. Well, which one are you talking about? Honestly, next you'll be telling me that it's all about the journey. <laughs> it was already too late. She'd already been... I'd... I'd already been marinating for far too long in a culture that puts achievement and success on a pedestal. I was far too busy, looking for outside forces and proof to show that I was doing it right. And yet... What I really wanted at the heart of it was not so much the achievements, but just to feel good, to know I was all right. And I thought if I won, if I looked good, if I was admired, I would feel at home in my own skin. Ironically, though I didn't achieve all I thought I should, Feeling good in my own skin is what I now have at the age of 54. You could call it a tragedy that at 25 I didn't understand that I could feel good irrespective of what the outside of me looked like, whether that was my outside skin or my outside circumstances. On the other hand, I don't think I would have got to this realisation without having gone through a few bumps in the road. I've stopped considering it a tragedy that I was so mistaken about so many things in my 20s and now understand much better in my 50s. And I wrote myself this poem. Earlier reports of my flaws have been greatly exaggerated. I've been looking at photos of myself in my 20s. Those sinuous thighs. The flat.
flatness of that stomach. How I wished my breeches measured twenty-four long, not twenty-six. Believed a pound of flesh was one pound too many. I wanted to stand out, but stayed plain, so only the most astute man would notice me. He didn't. But now, in my fifties, when there is no danger in being beautiful, beautiful is what I am. My thighs may be cottage bloomers, rippling with braided curves, but there is history here. That ridge, possibly the result of eating gelato on a beach all summer. But why would I want to lose a memory like that? The dent in my right quad. A horse kicking me as I was on my phone. A reminder that efficient multitasking is a fantasy. My thighs are war heroines. Roughly stitched back together on the battlefield, they dance the dance of survivors. Their armour may be flesh, but their resolve is ironclad. So, if you are feeling your years a bit before the beginning of this podcast, I hope that you're now feeling better about those years, about that number. And if you enjoyed the poems... They, coincidentally, are both in the book called This Is Not Therapy, which, if it is still October 2022 when you're listening to this, you can buy at a 25% discount from my website, www.tinasetterhome.com. Just pop the discount code TINT25, that's T-I-N-T-25, in the appropriate box at the checkout, and then This Is Not Therapy will be winging its way to you in the post in no time. Hi, Tina again. Thanks for listening to This Is Not Therapy. All the books and resources mentioned in the podcast are listed in the show notes, where you can also sign up to my monthly newsletter. If you want to book me for a talk or show, or even buy a book, please go to www.tinasetterhome.com. And finally, don't forget to subscribe! <laughs>